welcome to Marie Claire's first ever sustainability festival. I'm Sarah Vaughan, Chief Purpose and Sustainability Advisor to Marie Claire and host of the Start Somewhere podcast for Marie Claire. And today I'm delighted to welcome a really dear friend, amazing human being, author and host of the podcast Who Cares Wins. Lily, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm good. I didn't sleep enough and I've got a sore eye, hence my uh, very uh, badass sunglasses look indoors. <laughs> so as you know, you know, we will start this interview with, you know, how did you start in life? You know, where did you grow up? You know, what were your early kind of influences? How did I start in life? That's quite an interesting question. I was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear it was a tough birth, but I don't remember it. <laughs> Your poor mum does, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I was born breech, actually. Um, I was, yeah. There you go. There's some insider information. <laughs> um, and then I was born in Devon, and then I grew up in London um, from the age of, like, literally, like, six weeks old. So I, I basically grew up as a Londoner. Um, and grew up with my mum and my older sister. And what were my influences? I mean, my early influences were obviously my family because that's who I spent most of my time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum's a very creative soul. She's an artist and a writer. So I feel like, and I'm quite creative. And I, so I feel like I was quite creative environment. I was always making stuff. Um, and, you know, went to a bunch of different schools. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm running out of, what else did I do? Not much. <laughs> Bounced around. <laughs> Um, and then when I was 14, I started modeling. Um, and that was just a very quick, like I'd gone from like a relatively simple, um, life, I guess, in ways, um, to suddenly having this like ridiculously glamorous, um, luxurious and also quite challenging life. Um, and, um, and then navigated that alongside school. And then went to university, made some films, set up some companies, and here I am today. I mean, you know, you make it sound so effortless. And, you know, for those that didn't know, she actually went to Cambridge. (laughs) You you managed to juggle. I mean, it's quite amazing because, I mean, you used to go on shoots and basically kind of, you know, do your homework and, 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 and essays and study whilst you were actually on shoots, didn't you? Yeah, it was pretty nuts in a way. Um, although I think it was actually, it was nuts and it was the opposite too. I think it kept me sane, ironically, because mm. in a kind of, um, you know, surreal world, I was very grounded by studying politics or reading about history or, you know, just catching up on schoolwork. So in a way, I think it had a very good kind of um, balancing effect. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just always remember seeing you, you know, you, you always had some great tome, some hefty kind of <laughs> academic work. <laughs> it was a bit like, this is very highbrow indeed. <laughs> you get, I mean, it's kind of an amazing job in that sense. You just get to sit around a lot of the time. So actually it's like, it's kind of the perfect job to do while studying because there's loads of waiting <laughs> and makeup chairs and hair chairs or traveling. Um, so there was actually a lot of time to kill, you know. <laughs> 
But it is, but I mean, it's very kind of reflective of you. And we had a giggle, I mean, you know, before we, you know, when we were kind of chatting before her, when we were preparing this, this interview for everyone. And I was like, Lily, how am I going to introduce you? And we had this conversation kind of several well, I mean, actually, she's like over 10 years ago now, you know, when we worked together at the body shop and, you know, we, we, we had to kind of write your bio and it was a bit like we kind of went off the page and we had this chat about labels that you had been so many things, <laughs> like activist, you know, writer, model, actress, you know, it kind of went off the page. And I remember lobbying really hard just to be called human being, um, yeah. which I didn't get in the end, but I thought was... I thought was the best title. Um, <laughs> and I still That's think it's the best title because, you know, whatever. It's, all, it's, it's what we all are, right? Absolutely. And, 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 and I think it sums us up so perfectly in your kind of amazing sort of heart and humanness that you actually bring to, to everything you do. And, you know, so saying, I mean, like, you know, discovering your your purpose, you know, was there a kind of road to Damascus experience, you know, on a shoot or, you know, how how, how did you really kind of find your way? I mean, you, you started working very young. <laughs> what, 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 what was your kind of evolution, if you like? Purpose is an interesting word. Um, I'm a big fan of this Pixar film that came out recently called Soul. I've seen it twice with my daughter and it talks about um, purpose in a way and a spark and this idea that every human has a purpose and like tries to find their purpose in life and then without wanting to spoil the film people haven't seen it it kind of undermines that narrative over time um, and sort of gives a more maybe spiritual philosophical idea of purpose that maybe actually just enjoying life and like experiencing life is the ultimate purpose um, and so all that to say, I do sort of feel that way. And like, if you read, you know, the Dalai Lama, I think says the purpose of life is to be happy. And I think there's a lot mm -hmm. of wisdom in that, not in a kind of, um, you know, um, self kind of self-interesting, self-interested kind of decadent way. Um, but that actually like true happiness. Well, firstly, like, why not enjoy our lives? Because we have them, we get this gift of life and it's a finite amount of time. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's to be enjoyed in a way. Um, but also that maybe the path towards happiness, true happiness, not like fake kind of band-aid happiness, but like true deep happiness by going on the path to try and find that we may actually be better citizens. Um, because the things usually that make people happy on a deepest level, um, not always, but are often, you know, less material about, you know, relationships or community or, Passion, like hobbies and passions and all the you know, everyone has a different kind of maybe recipe for their happiness but I think it's like that deeper stuff is really important and so honoring that and valuing that I think is um for me anyway has been an important part of my journey and still is of trying to figure out what what I'm going to do with this life um whether you how many years I get left um and in terms of my journey I think um I think that kind of more spiritual idea of purpose is something that I've probably come back to more recently, um, having for many years been like quite a workaholic. And I still am a bit of a workaholic, but I think <laughs> I think I was more I think I was more in denial before about my workaholism, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and and I think I place my purpose in work a lot 
And I still do sometimes. I mean, work does give me a lot of purpose and meaning for sure. So I'm not going to like say it doesn't. Um, but I've been doubting that a bit more lately. Whereas in the past, I feel like that felt like my, it felt like if there was a God and was going to tell me my purpose, like in that film, um, Soul, it would be like, it would be something to do with work as opposed to something to do with my like spiritual well being and state of, state of mind. Yeah. So yeah. that was a very vague philosophical answer. No, I, I, it, was, it was a very beautiful answer. And, and I have to say, I agree with you on so many levels, I do believe. You know that we're we're here to be happy, um, but I I I mean my personal belief is is also that we we become happy often being in service to things greater than ourselves, and when everything's focused on us or our lacks or needs or wants, that we can become very you know self engrossed and actually you know it's certainly that's, that's what, been the case for me. That's sort of what I meant. That's why I find them related in a way because for one thing, you give to the world around you what you are, and when I am in a in a stressed, unhappy uh, space myself, I'm much more self-involved. Um, I'm much more needy and I'm giving that energy maybe to the world around me or giving anger or frustration or whatever. Whereas when I'm in a good space, I'm able to give more, you know, like I'm able to be generous. I'm able to bring that happiness to the people around me. Um, yeah. And I noticed that in my own oscillation. So I think that, yeah, find like trying to be like focusing on our own well-being is not self-centered actually it's a gift to the world um if it's in an, in an authentic way also yeah. if everybody it's something i look at in my book briefly but as like a kind of as a sustainability environmental point that if all of us uh, if everyone or at least you know a huge number of people who had the luxury of choice um did work and and by work i mean spend their time doing work and a job that they love that really aligns with their kind of deepest desires, it would just completely change the world. It would completely change industries and systems and structures. Um, so, so yeah, I think there are many, many ways in which being authentic to yourself and your kind of um, inner truth could, could have positive impacts outside of yourself, basically. Happiness for me comes through community too. And like my relationship to other people. So it's definitely not like siloed. And it's still a work in progress. I'm not like blissfully happy every day, but um, <laughs> but I've realized that like, I think in the past I was maybe a bit harder on myself and now I'm kind of a bit more like actually being, looking after myself is not self-interested. It's actually important. So there you are, you're, you're, you're reading away, you're studying away and you, you start developing a curiosity in sustainability and what's going on around you. Do you want to talk a little bit about, about that journey? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, when I was a teenager, I um, was working a lot in fashion and it happened all quite quick, you know, very quickly. Um, and um, and then I because I had a kind of a bit of a public profile through the work I was doing in fashion, um, I started getting approached by lots of different charities to support kind of, you know, this organization or this campaign or this fundraiser, et cetera. And I think I'd always, I'd long been drawn to, to kind of um, social impact work, probably by virtue of my mum always talking about kind of global issues and the news and stuff like that. Um, and I intuitively, I kind of like instinctively wanted to help all these different causes because of course every cause usually has a really good story behind it and is compelling emotionally. Um, but I felt like 
I needed to choose a focus somehow and like not to just put my energy in all different directions. Um, and so I spent a few years working with different charities and organizations, um, both because I wanted to help them, but also I think on some level I was trying to understand the issues and mm-hmm. trying to understand um, which problems felt the most um, important and where I felt like I could give the most value. And the outcome of that process um, was really environmental, like realizing once I kind of looked into the data and the information that was available, this is 15 years ago, but even more 18 years ago, once I looked into the data and the information that's available on environmental issues, it was just kind of a no brainer. It was like, this is our only planet. And apparently <laughs> we're like risking its future. That makes no sense whatsoever. And every other issue, whether it's animal rights or, or kind of um, social issues are all Kind of, I didn't really know the term intersectional at the time, but felt intersected with it and felt like they would be made worse with an and would and yeah, and it will be made worse with an unhealthy environment. Um, and I kind of found it very strange that no one was freaking out about it, or very few people. I mean, of course, people were. I'm not saying there wasn't an environmental movement, but it felt somewhat niche, it wasn't mainstream. Yeah. Um, and that felt very surprising to me because it's like, guys, this is like this is like exist. This is like the underpinning of existence. Why is no one, why is hardly anyone talking about this? Um, and then the way I looked at it, I was working, as I said, with charities, but very quickly, I kind of felt like it was like a kind of conflict or contradiction to be working with all these brands as a model and seeing the kind of power in the machine of the capitalist consumerist business world. Um, and then separately in my spare time, doing philanthropic work and trying to raise money and you know all that kind of side of fundraising things and and so to me it just felt yeah that felt like a contradiction and so very quickly I wanted to see whether you could combine those two forces and use business as a source of problem solving as opposed to a, a source of problem creating um and um and I was very lucky that I was exposed as well early on to quite like a few different examples of supply chains either being mismanaged and that being drawn to my attention or actually conversely like positive versions of supply chains and how trade can be a really kind of, you know, positive thing when it's done when it's managed in a fair and um, um, responsible way. And so, yeah, I decided that instead of, I still worked with some charities, but, and I still think charities often have a role to play, but instead of pouring the energy that I would have put into charities, I decided to put that energy into business and try and see if we could, if we could make better businesses. And it's been a really exciting um, experience in a way, tracking that movement, because it feels like over the last 15 or 17, whatever it's been years like since I started that journey, that movement of kind of conscious consumerism, social business, for want of a better phrase, has grown leaps and bounds. Um, and that's obviously where we connected because we worked together at the body shop. And I was so excited to get that job with the body shop because it felt when I was started doing that work, like it was like a real, like a real risk to my career in the sense that like I was criticizing the industry that I was working for mm-hmm. um, and I was willing to take that risk at the time, but then getting a, the contract, like the body shop contract and then some other ones too, really felt like the universe was like, you know, like it was like, it's okay. <laughs> you can make this a job as opposed to just a sacrifice. Um, and it was I was like, yeah, it was a job that I just really believed in and was um, really inspired by. And I mean, we got to go to Ghana and see how yeah. Shea 
Solar is made and how that's impacted the local communities. And I mean, that was an extraordinary project. Um, and that's been one of several I've done of looking at how trade can be a positive thing. And, um, and it feels like that space is growing year on year. And so that feels hopeful to me. Yeah. And, and what I just remember, I mean, like going back then was your extraordinary curiosity, you know, and your real desire to really know what was happening. And, and, and you know, this kind of level of inquiry that you have is, 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 is amazing and the rigor, you know, and, and that you're going to the trip to Ghana, you met, you know, the ladies that made the shape us. You, you, I mean, you went into their homes, you had like one-to-one chats with them. I oh, mean, you know, it was extraordinary. I, even took, I took my, I, I, I've started making films since then. Um, but that time it was more just like a hobby, but I had my camera and I did film interviews with them that I never did anything with because I think they were so badly filmed probably. <laughs> but it were amazing because I was sitting, yeah, with these women in their little, um, in their mud huts, asking them questions about their lives. And they started asking me questions about my life. And it was just, uh, yeah, an extraordinary kind of exposure to the real people behind the things that we go into shops and buy without often a second thought and how those choices of what we buy and the the systems behind those choices can have such profound impacts, whether really negative and detrimental or really kind of positive and respectful. Yeah. And and I think, you know, now you live, you're really kind of living this. Um, so it'd be great to kind of talk about like what, you know, what you're doing now, because you're, you're in business yourself, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, also to talk about the book and, and the podcast and, and what you're hoping to do with them. Sure. So yeah, the business stuff is a bit of an accident in a way. And going back to the question of purpose, like I do feel like my work purpose is more creative and that's what that's what I did as a kid. That's like what my spirit wants. That's what I dream of sometimes. Um, and that's where I feel happiest. And actually I feel like I've spent a lot of the last 10 years getting too involved in like the business world because of my activist feelings. And it's a world that I'm not so inspired by, even though it feels really important. So I've actually been trying to boundary that a bit more and, um, I'm still involved in two different businesses. So wise glasses, one of them sustainable eyewear company. Um, and Impossible, which is a kind of uh, technology incubator. So I'm still involved in those two companies, but in a more um, lighter touch boundaried way than I was a few years ago. Um, and then, yeah, I wrote a book that came out last summer called Who Cares Wins? And I did a podcast um, off the back of that, which in a way was reflecting on my learnings over the last 15 or so years of this journey of investigating different supply chains and having the privilege to meet so many different people working in this space. Um, and then by virtue of writing the book, I went much further than my own experience and tried to, um, you know, research more and interview. I don't know how many people interviewed in the end, but probably hundreds, you know, interviewing tons of people who were thinking about uh, questions of environmental sustainability and social justice in different ways and present a kind of very maybe comprehensive overview of the different ways people are thinking about solutions and often different kind of contradictory ways people are thinking about solutions um yeah yeah it's very cool and and, and at the end we'll, we'll we'll give everyone the uh, how to find your book because it, it really is a, a must read and and I mean you you go into extraordinary kinds of you know interesting detail and facts of, <laughs> about it so I, I I so enjoyed reading it um and you know, at this sort of point in, in, in the interview, Lily, 
you know, this is my invitation really to, to you, you know, to share with, with our readers and viewers, like, you know, what are your top tips, you know, for those wanting to start somewhere? Where, where can they begin? What, what, what are the kind of things they can actually do to make a difference? I mean, for me, I'll just speak maybe of my own experience. Um, meditation is really important to me. Um, and having a kind of daily meditation practice, which has waxed and waned over the years. But when I have that, my mental health is better. And I think it really helps me connect with my heart for want of a better word of like my inner, inner voice. I think listening to your dreams can be really useful. Um, I think in a funny way, remembering who you were as a child, you know, and like that kind of youthful spirit and rekindling that can be really important. Um, yeah. And not being, I guess maybe trying to like, trying to question stuff, like not, like question the cultural conditioning that we've all received or the ideas that we've had given to us by our parents or our peers or, our, um, or even our media and our society and like try and try and like be independent in our own thinking, like a way to find your own inner truth as opposed to just being so influenced as it's so easy to be by the external, um, external world. Beautiful. Thank you, Lily. And Sorry, if- I'm quite vague. No, not at all. I, I, I think beautifully helpful. And I, and, and I think as we spoke earlier in, in when we chatted, it's like everyone's unique and everyone has their, their own kind of route to happiness or, or why they're here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Lily, if somebody wants to read your book um, or listen to your podcast, where, where do they go? Where, where's best to find them? Yeah, of course. So the podcast is free and it's called Who Cares Wins on Apple and Spotify. Um, and the book is available as an audio book and in hardback right now. And it's coming out in this summer um, and it's called Who Cares Wins. Fantastic. And you narrated the audio version yourself, didn't you? I did narrate the audio book version, which was quite an intense process of of like you know like reading my own thinking nonstop for four or five days. By the end of it, I think I wanted to bury the book <laughs> luckily the producer didn't feel that way so it was obviously just my self-critical critical nature <laughs> oh, and, and, and nor did the people listening to it Lily thank you so much for joining us it was just a pleasure to 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 be with you and to and to talk to you as ever and, and oh, thank my you pleasure too. sorry for my big Lebowski look no we're loving it you, you look incredibly stylish as ever and and take huge care and I can't wait to see you know what the future holds because you always surprise us with with something amazing kind of next so yeah really really excited and, and keep in touch and let us know you know what, what's next in the little agenda bless you take care <laughs>